Welcome to Let Me Finish Don't Cut Me Off podcast. My name is G Weave, the most electrifying man on the microphone. Up and coming. Today is Rivals Week. I'm going to be talking about Duke and North Carolina. I'm also going to hit out, hit around uh, entertainment, sports, a lot of different things in 49 to 50 minutes. I'm not going to try to kill your ear for four hours repeating the same things. So sit back and let's go on this ride. Let's go. I used to see niggas on TV, man. I used to be like, yo, them niggas so blessed, you know what I'm saying? If I had that opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Maybach music. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Today I'm going to be getting into a lot of different things. This morning I was watching um, Jay Will, Keyshawn, and Max. And I heard them say some things that's uh, very interesting. And they were basically just talking about um, the heart and soul of uh, or, or, or players that are, are there on the cups of being uh, leading a team. And can you say, can Jason Tatum leave a, lead a team? Uh, nowadays, you got to be a point forward uh, to be able to lead a team like a Luka Doncic. And it's unfortunate you know, that this topic is coming up and they're not understanding the process of building a team. You you can have a superstar player um, that's part of the process to help you win a championship because no one player uh, can win a championship on his own. The NBA is a team game, so it takes everybody. Now, you may have that elite score that steps up in the playoffs and his average goes up and he's able to uh, perform better. But the reason that I'm saying what I'm saying and I was basically listening to those guys because they was kind of doing the tiers again. You know, Dak Prescott is a tier two, Tatum is a tier two. And, you know, with me, to me, you know, tier one is superstar. Um... Tier two is star, and tier three is average, you know, and tier four is just a player, you know. Uh, Anything above tier one is a transcending player. That's a player that can change uh, the fortunes of any team that he goes on. So it's not that many players, and I'm I'm not going to get into that. So Jason Tatum is a – Superstar player. He's he is a tier one player. Um, when you're a tier one player, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the person to lead your team. No, you have to fit the right pieces around your tier one player at, at time so you can get over the hump. And I think about a team like the Detroit Pistons team that there was not a team full of stars. You had very good, solid players, and you had different people in different moments step up. You focused on defense, and then you also had the players that had ice in their veins, like Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton. You had your defenders like Ben Wallace. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rasheed Wallace was on that team as well. But those guys were able to hit big shots because Rasheed could shoot the three. So when you make the comparison that in this NBA, it's not about it being in this NBA. It's about how you construct the roster. You have to have a balance of everything. Giannis takes the Bucks over the edge because he's a transcending player. LeBron takes a roster over the edge because he's a transcending player, and so on and so on. But you also got to have a star player, a superstar player, and some good and a, and, a, and a couple good players to get a championship. When you look at the Golden State Warriors, they had the transcending player in Curry, 
They had the superstar player in Clay, and then they had that star player in um, Iguodala, um, Green, Draymond Green, and then you had a, a lot of good role players around that made that championship team. When you look at the Bulls, you had the transcending player, superstar player, star players, and good pieces. That's how you build a championship team. One individual don't have to lead. Um, we can we can go on and on about players that were superstar players that couldn't lead their team. And they had good good players around them. Uh, Atlanta Hawks with Dominique Wilkins. He never got to a finals. He was going up against that Boston team that had that transcending player in Larry Bird, superstar players, uh, Kevin McHale, uh, Robert Parrish. Then you start going down and star players like DJ and all the other pieces that they had. And you wasn't getting around that team. And... The Hawks couldn't get around him, just like the young Detroit Pistons couldn't get around him. Same thing with the Lakers. The Lakers were blessed to have two transcending players in Magic and Kareem, and then a superstar in James Worthy, star players Cooper, Byron Scott. So they try to use the comparison with Luka. Yeah, Luka, can, he can lead a team. No. Yeah, he's a player that's elevating to become a transcending player, but he's a superstar player. So, yeah, he's... He's getting to the point, but he's doing that now. And where has it got him? You have to get the right pieces around that'll be able to highlight his skill set so he'll be able to lead that team. If you don't, he can do that all day. Assist, scoring, points, but you ain't getting nowhere. Look at Djokovic. He's doing that now. Where is that getting him? Nowhere. You have to have a heart and soul. You have to have a legit floor general. A magic. A Isaiah. A true point guard. A Chris Paul. Look how beautiful the Phoenix Suns play because how the pieces are set. They got an all-world point guard who can score and dish and run the team. They got a superstar scorer in Devin Booker. They have a solid uh, star player in Mikhail Bridges, a solid defender, big man, uh, in Aiton, and then they have good pieces around that. They're not just relying on Devin Booker. You take away Chris Paul, they're not going to win a championship. You have to have the pieces in place. You take away Devin Booker, they're not going to win the championship. You have to have the pieces of the puzzles in place to take that next step. One player alone is not going to be able to do that. Listen, Michael Jordan couldn't do it. Pippen had to come along. Horace Grant had to come along. B.J. Armstrong had to come along. Bill Cartwright and so on and so on. LeBron couldn't do it. He had to have the pieces, though he led a team, couldn't get over. He had to get to a place where all the pieces fed him, fit, fed in, fit, fitted in place when he went to the Miami Heat. And he had another player, superstar player. Because LeBron is a transcending, so he's above D-Wade, but D-Wade D is a superstar player. One of the best shooting guards of all time. And he tied up with a star player in Chris Bosh. And then they added pieces around that. And then along came another superstar player in Ray Allen. Superstar shooter. He was kind of up there in age at that point. But you get what I'm saying, Hall of Famer. So you have to have the pieces in place like that. It, it just don't work like that. Oh, yeah. Jason Tatum. Yeah, he's a tier two. No, he's not. He's a tier one player. 
Jalen Brown is a tier one player. These are these are superstar players. They're 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 scoring in a combination and they score well. I'll put Brown a notch below Tatum. Tatum is the superstar. Brown is the star. But they're both good. It, it, it's it's you know. But they got the heart and soul. They got smart, but they're still missing the other pieces. You need the Ben Wallace type big man. You need good solid scoring like a like a um a Vinnie Johnson type player or a Iguodala type player. Okay, you're naming the, the the their best three players, but you can't name anybody else on that roster that's going to help them to elevate to superstar status. Everybody is not LeBron James who can elevate a average roster. He's a transcending player. It's totally different. So you can't put that together and say that, you know, oh, it's, it's a false statement because it's not fair to the player. The organization has to put the pieces in place so that superstar player can lead a team. And I understand what Max was saying. Well, he's a piece that's going to be the best scorer, but we've seen that already. And Jordan, though he was a transcending player, could not elevate that team. He had to get a master in place who was good strategically and knew how to put the players and get the type of players that he needed to be successful in Phil Jackson. So I just, that uh, that take was good, but it's, uh, when you dig a little deeper into it, it's, uh, no. Okay, no. So, but you appreciate the topic, but sometimes when you're just talking, you got to be able to get deep into it and to make great comparisons. And that's not it. And like I said, I'm, I don't want to get too deep into all that. I just wanted to hit that out really quick because that didn't, to me, um, it wasn't a great, they didn't finish it off. You know what I'm saying? They just didn't finish it off. It's like hitting a triple. It's a fake home run. You had to stop at third. You didn't finish there. You didn't finish it. It was deep enough to go to be a home run, but it wasn't a home run. But it was good. It still was a good hit. Moving on. Today, um, I'm I'm going to dive right into my topic. And the topic is Duke in North Carolina because it is rival week, guys. Okay? It is rival week. And I was looking how they were saying, well, Duke is is the most decorated program, and you know North Carolina is a decorated program within themselves. But when I started to pull back everything, I was like, ah, oh, man. Every time I think about Duke, I think about yeah, they got all the five star players, but man, they just don't translate to the NBA. Great college players, like. You know, Jay Williams, great college player. But even even when he was healthy and playing, he, his game, it was straight, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Kyrie great. Like, Kyrie was in college. He played two or three games. Dude, we didn't even have a good body of work. He got to the league. He tore, tore the league up, and he's still tearing. Surefire Hall of Famer. Grant Hill. Surefire Hall of Famer. Zion, if he stayed healthy, surefire Hall of Famer. Brandon Ingram, have an opportunity. Jason Tatum, have an opportunity to become great because these are young guys. And I watch Ingram get better and better. Tatum is, is ascending. And I think I did say Grant Hill. Those are potential Hall of Fame players. But then you think about all the talent that they have had. They had some solid pros, but it's like pedestrian. But great, great college players, no doubt. And I think about Coach K. North Carolina is still 
more decorated in the most important part, and that's championships. The best Coach K can do right now is tie up. But, you know, anyway, so I was I was looking, and I was just uh, looking at, they was, you know, coming off these stats and talking about uh, how, you know, Duke is the most, you know, the biggest program in college basketball. And I was like, okay, you got a point there. So you got, he coached 68 NBA draft picks, 42 in the first round, 37 All-Americans, nine national players of the year, in total 208 players. Man, 208 players. And the players that I name are the only potential Hall of Fame players. So you can produce a solid pro player, and you really have glorified college players. And that's just my point of view looking on the inside out. But, I mean, it's good. But when, you, when you're when you able to grab five-star players all the time, your program's going to be like that. And that's why you like programs like Villanova, who don't always get the five-star players. Because in my opinion, man, let's keep it 100. Even for North Carolina. When you're getting five-star players all the time, that's uber-talented. How hard is it to have the best program? Really? Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. How hard is it to have the best program and be the most decorated when all you do is get five-star? Not knocking the program. Players want to go there, that's fine. But true coaching is when you do more with less. That's facts. Not taking away nothing from any of the coaches in the programs that I name. But when you see a program like Butler, and he got and 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 that particular coach didn't have all the talent of the other teams. And if I'm not mistaken, Butler played Duke, and he went back to back. With mediocre talent. He maybe had one or two NBA players. Going up against a team that has five or six of them. And then it, it just. It's nothing wrong with saying. Hey you know. You start to say. Well can. You know anybody can coach. I mean look. They do it all the time. In other sports. Well, you, 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 who couldn't coach Michael Jordan and 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 that, that Bulls team with that with that talent? They they hit on field with that all the time. All all he do is go to loaded teams. What I mean, Duke hasn't been nothing but loaded teams, loaded full of five star players. It was it was actually gratifying to see the Detroit Pistons beat the Lakers because everybody had the Lakers winning. I call them the no-name defense or the no-name uh, uh, like, the, like the Miami Dolphins. The Detroit Pistons was like that 1972 Miami Dolphins team full of, full of no-names. Just didn't have the star power of a Kobe, Shaq. You know what I'm saying? It was like, wow, Brown, good coaching. Getting the best out of your player, and that's and that's what Coach K does. So I'm not I'm not taking nothing away from all the wins and, but wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. Thirty seven All Americans. Hmm. Sixty eight NBA draft picks. Forty two in the first round. Whew. God, that's crazy. Looking at some of his players he had. Seth Curry. Okay. Seth Curry. I don't know some of these. I'm trying to find players that I'm um Wendell Carter. Ah, uh, you know. Uh Tyus Jones. Uh good good college player. Cherokee Parks, solid college. Lou Aldane, solid pro in the league. Gerald Henderson, solid pro. 
you know, trying to find the Hall of Fame players right now. They 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 they, they gave they gave me the top forty two. They got, I guess they're just naming. They're not going number one, but you got Kyrie at thirty when Kyrie is your best player. Period, in just one year. Um, Hall of Famer. Chris Duhon, no. Trajan Landon, no. Solid college player. Luke Kennard, no. Solid college player. Grayson Allen, love his tenacity. Austin Rivers, solid pro. Kyle Singler, solid. Mike Dunleavy Jr., solid. Vernon Carey, yeah, I don't know who that is. Carlos Boozer, oh, most definitely solid. Jason Tatum, potential Hall of Famer. That's two. Brandon Ingram, we'll see. We'll see. Nolan Smith, eh. Uh, Mark Allure, I don't even know. Jabari Parker had the potential, got hurt. That's pretty sad. Sheldon Williams, solid. His eyes. Jaleel Okafor, eh, solid pro. Marvin Bagley, the third, eh, you know. He's young, so we'll see. R.J. Barrett, mm, eh. Bobby Hurley, cut short, didn't get an opportunity. Shane Battier, solid pro. Elton Brand, solid pro. Danny Ferry, eh, solid pro. Johnny Dawkins, solid. J.J. Riddick, we already know, solid pro. Zion Williams, potential Hall of Famer. So that's what I got. Three potential Hall of Famers. Jason Tatum, Kyrie, and... uh Grant Hill. Jay Williams, nah, he's straight. He was good in college. In the pros, even though he got hurt, he wasn't really showing much. He was only averaging nine points compared to Kyrie when he came in. So the skill level is was much higher as far as Kyrie. But he was a good, good uh, college player for sure. Grant Hill, yep. That's, like I said, future Hall of Famer. Christian Leitner, Hall of Fame college player. Solid. Um... Solid uh, pro. So going down that list, out of all 208, you really only got possibly four um, Hall of Fame players. And like I said, everybody I named was probably a five-star player. And then, you know, I can go on and go over to, let's go to North Carolina. Let's check out, let's check out North Carolina. Okay, so let me, let me, let me go, let me go down here and get to number one. Um, so these are the these are the North Carolina's ranking the Tar Heels all time best NBA players, and I, I already told you to you already know who the best NBA players, uh, for um, the Duke Blue Devils. So here we go. We got. Kenny Smith, Kenny the Jet Smith. We already know he won two championships. Good North Carolina player. Solid pro. Two championships. Doing his thing. Most of those players I named on Duke have not been on a championship team. But it's, only, it's only one. And that's Kyrie. And he actually led the team to a championship along with LeBron. But his scoring is what helped them to beat Golden State. Just a, God, man, just a, Kyrie is just, my goodness. <laughs> Raymond Felton, solid college player. Duke, by far, has more talent. By far. that That's not even a question. Because I'm only, I only got, they only showing me for North Carolina a handful, and I ain't even finna try to look. Duke destroys them on that part. That's easy to see. Bobby Jones, he was an old school player. I believe he played. Um, for the Boston Celtics. Um, I think he did. I'm not for sure. It says Denver on here. Um, let's go. Sam Perkins, solid. He played with Jordan. Solid. Uh, solid player in the NBA. Um, Rasheed Wallace. I love Rasheed. Got a ring. Solid player in the NBA. A beast in college. Charlie Scott, I don't know who this is, but this guy averaged 17-9 in his career as a ABA and then NBA. 
three-time NBA All-Star. Okay. Brad Doherty, we already know Big Brad, All-Star in the NBA. Also a beast in college. Uh, he averaged 19 points as a pro. Billy Cunningham averaged uh, 20 points in his career. Uh, his best statistical season was 26 points, 13 rebounds. He also had four all-star appearances. Jerry Stackhouse, 17 points. He averaged his highest scoring average season was 29-8. Uh, played 18 seasons, solid player. Walter Davis, 18 points. Uh, again, another, let's see what he did. Um, had a solid NBA career because he averaged 18. Uh, he had his highest was averaging 24 with the Phoenix Suns in 1977. Everybody know about the Hall of Famer, Big Bob McAdoo, 22 points a game, nine rebounds. His best statistical season was 34-5 uh, in the NBA. Antoine Jameson, career average 19. Uh, again, great player. His best career uh, scoring season was 24-9. Vince Carter. Career average 21-3. Uh, he played, we all know he played forever. His best statistical season was 2000, uh, uh, in 2001, 26, 27 points. We got James the Goat Worthy. His career average 17 points. Hall of Famer. Um, in, a, in a playoffs where it mattered, his career average was 17. But he averaged 21 points per game during his career in the NBA playoffs. So his game stepped up in the playoffs. And then we all know, oh, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Career average 30 points. And I ain't finna go up and go down his list because they're godly. But when you, you see this smaller sample of North Carolina players put out better quality and more Hall of Famers. So with less... They were, it seems that they they produced the better players. But they also have their share of five-star players as well. And like I said, I just didn't feel like going through all that list with uh, North Carolina. I was just, you know, they're over-glorifying Coach K. So that's where my energy lies. So looking at Coach K, I was like, wow, he got all these 208. Oh, my goodness. North Carolina's not even close. But then you only produce like three with the possibility of two more players. You over can be over glorified, and again, not taking nothing away from him. He coached the NBA players; they like him. Uh, but again, when you have five star players starting and sitting on the bench, you can accumulate the most wins in in history. And in actuality, it's a shame because he should actually have more championships because he's always had the better roster. But sometimes better coaching isn't always having the best. It's getting the best out of what you have. So, though I like Coach K, uh, not a big fan. And I just, like I said, I think you benefit from having the best players all the time. Great person. He's always there for his players. Wants the kids to be successful. But I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about when you have a Lamborghini all the time. You should always be winning. When somebody pulls up in a Chevy Caprice. Or a 1995 Chevy Impala SS. It, it, it looked good. It's a classic car. Got some horsepower. But it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't messing with a Lamborghini. Lamborghini gonna smoke it out the water. So when you always driving in a Lamborghini, man, you got that that that, that Impala is always it, it sound good, it get up, but in the long run, you are gonna get smoked. But sometimes that Impala, if it can get get out quick enough, sometimes it wins. Might have to do a couple modifications to it. But that's 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 what this rivalry is about. How lopsided it is. But this coming upcoming college uh, game. The Duke's, Duke is playing well. 
And once again, you know, he got a couple, you know, got some five-star players on there. He got this one uh, brother. Um, he's okay. Um, I don't know if his game's going to translate. You know, just because you're big, man, and you're scoring in college don't mean you're gonna, it's going to translate to the league. I mean, people got to know this. How many times have we seen great college players don't become great in, in the NBA? We see it all the time. We see it all the time. Come on. So that's why I don't be quick to just – you can't tell all the time who's going to be cold in the league. Like, looking at Giannis, ain't nobody looked at him like he was going to be what he is now. When you're seeing Embiid, you knew that Embiid was going to be a beast. You just seen it. When you seen LeBron play – you just knew. When I seen Kobe, just because he played like Jordan in high school don't mean that it was going to translate into the pros. And in the beginning, it, he didn't get that much clock because he was behind Eddie Jones, but, you know, you still couldn't tell he was going to be what he became. Shaq, you could tell. Larry Johnson from UNLV. You could tell. Chris Webber, you could tell. Jamal Mashburn, you can tell. Some players, it's just a no-brainer. You can tell that they, they're going to translate well to the league because they're too dominant and they look like a man amongst boys in college. But nowadays, these players, like I said, I don't even know who these players are because they don't stay long enough to develop because it's Get all the money you can right now. It's like sacrifice your skill set. Hey, injury. Get in there now. Grab the money. So I believe the rate of Hall of Fame players will diminish because the value of becoming a great player is gone. It's more about the almighty dollar, which is fine. We live on this world to be successful. You can have the mindset of a Derek Coleman. Derek said, I'm not here to go to the Hall of Fame. I signed this $90 million contract to take care of my family for the rest of my life. And if ain't nobody ever heard of Derek Coleman, Google him. Like Barkley said, if he wanted to, he could have been the greatest power forward of all time. And he was a lefty. But back to, you know, that's why I said, you know, uh, Coach K had all those players. As you've seen, they didn't, they don't, they're not translating as like outstanding uh, players in the league. Just a few glorified college players, though, for sure. But I, I value coaching up players, like looking at when Dwayne Wade was on Marquette. And they went on that run. Marquette was the uh, a, a, a good team, but they were a great team. If D-Wade had two more five-star players with him, they could have won a championship. But only so many people want to go to Marquette. They want to play with Coach K. They want to play with uh, Dean Smith, Roy Williams, who was also a coach at Kansas. You want to go to the big-name programs. But look how Kentucky has fallen off the pedestal. The one and done was the the end thing. Kentucky has a lot of successful players. I'm not going to go down their list because this is about Duke and North Carolina, but the point I'm trying to make is they have fallen off the horse or to the point where they're talking about if he don't get it done next year, he's going to get fired. This is a man who's brung championships, had them playing at an elite level. But like I said, them boosters, the facilities they pay for, you can't do being at home. You got to be in the Sweet 16. You got to be in the Final Four every year. There ain't no, there is no, no, we're not paying you to be Sweet 16. We're paying you to be Final Four championship. And if you keep getting to the Final Four and not getting over the hump, you're going to lose your job. It's pressure on these coaches. 
and then these players trying to have a direct line to the league. Man, Coach K, he got all he know all these famous players. He got connections. He can give me an opportunity. And then when you see these players come out of nowhere, they don't have that opportunity to be under Coach K and get that not that 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 nod and wink opportunity. And they come and they come from a different type of program where they had to actually work on their game, get better, go against the best. Their game had to help them get in and open the door. Because sometimes you get those players that get an opportunity because of a coach. Let's be realistic. I like Giannis. I love Giannis. It ain't not, I like him. I love him. And I like his brother. But let's be honest. If we to be brutally honest, the Bucks keep him to keep Giannis happy. He comes in on crunch time. He doesn't get a lot of minutes. You can easily fill that slot with a, a, a better player. If you think about it, he's not going to be on any other roster. He was on the Knicks. He got drafted, and he played well overseas, but he couldn't he couldn't crack the roster in New York. But it helps to keep Giannis happy. You do what you got to do. I mean, it's just facts. People might say, well, you know, people not might not going to like that, but a lot of people say it. I'm not the only one. They don't take away from it. I, I like it because he's a hustle player. But in actuality, he probably wouldn't make a lot of rosters in the league. But he's still in the league. And like I always say, I don't care if you're the player at the end of the bench. Anybody get to the league is cold. Your hard work, dedication, and practices was going to dictate if you get on the floor. But you're most definitely better than the average man. And most definitely better than me. Because <laughs> I ain't accomplished squat as far as athleticism, athleticism is concerned. I didn't have an opportunity. And it's okay. God has a plan for everybody. Everyone is given a gift. Someone Sometimes you have to tap in and find it. That's what I tell um, youths. You know, I work at a youth center when I talk to youths. I tell them, hey, man, everyone has a talent. It's up to you to find it. Everybody is going to be destined for something. You make choices. You are... The CEO of life. CEO of life means you dictate and control. Your actions, your decisions dictate what your life is going to be. If you X out tragedy or things happening or illness, you are the quarterback of your life. You're CEO of self. I am CEO of G-Weave. LeBron is CEO of LeBron James, and he is successful. He tapped into his talent, and he used it, and he has became a role model and an outstanding citizen who's a great father and a great husband and does a lot for those that are less fortunate. So do a whole bunch of other players. I highlight Jalen Rose, who need to get highlighted even more because he does the same for Detroit and his city. He's a great philanthropist I love Jalen Rose my favorite talker he's 20 times better than um, 20 times better than Skip Bayless 20 times better than Stephen A. Smith I, w I would love to see a podcast with Mark Jackson and Jalen Rose 10 times better than anything that's out here I promise you that. Nobody messing with them. <laughs> they keep it real, and they got all the knowledge. Two lions. But decision-making, you have to dictate your life. You, you, you're in control of your life. Either it's gonna, You're only going to be a few things in life. And a lot of things people strive for. Entertainer. Okay, entertainer, that's that's that is a a, a a wide variety of things. Doctor, lawyer, you know, you know the, the the more common engineer, 
you know, the common things they say you need to survive in this society. Or realistically, you're going to be a criminal. These are choices that people make. These are the pressures of life. A lot of people choose what path is the easiest path. The easiest path is being a criminal. Because you do things illegal and get money fast. And it's enticing and having to get your elbows dirty. But back to Duke in North Carolina. So this is, uh, the narrative has already been set. This is the last hurrah for Coach K. Uh, he's going up against Hubert Davis, who, is, who I'm a big fan of. And I'm not going to lie, man. I'm actually um, rooting for North Carolina. Because Duke has always had all of best players. It's just not exciting to see those type of teams win. And I'm not taking away nothing from the um, the Duke teams and the Duke players for this year. This is just me as a fan. North Carolina, too, has always had all the best players, too. But Duke has always had better. You know, I gave you the stats on that. And Hubert, North Carolina wasn't supposed to be here. They had some good players, but they, they didn't really tap into their potential. It's like they tapped in right on time. And, you know, I was just, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a lot of gratification to see them lose at home in North Carolina. And I think North Carolina is even out more to prove that they can beat them again. You know, because Jay Will, Jay Will was like, oh, man, it's going to be revenge. You embarrassed us. No, you, you guys embarrassed yourself. You have to go out and play the game. You have to hit shots. The moment can't be too big for you. The moment was obviously too big for them at home in front of 30X players and the packed house cheering for Duke and Coach K to get his final win at home. <laughs> there was no more pressure than North Carolina having to come in there and pull out a win in front of all that. Y'all fell flat on y'all face. North Carolina climbed the mountain. And I love that. And I believe that's that blue-collar worker going up against the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You know, you always look down. But all that glitters is not gold. And that's why I like talk radio. And that's why I like to listen to it. Because you get a lot of smart, dumb people. You know what that means? It means you can have a Ph.D., you can have a bachelor's degree, you can be a historian, you can know everything, sleep in, sleep in, the, in, the, in the library and read all the books, but you can still get on stage and some of the simplest common sense you don't have. And you like to glorify how smart you are. That's why I say you watch people evolve and become arrogant and cocky because they think they know it all. Sometimes when you're winning a battle or you're winning a war and you're so arrogant that you want more, you don't know when to stop, and you finally lose. If you just would have stopped, you had enough territory, but you want more. It's greed. And then you get so big, you get so high that anybody that says anything is dumb or stupid or don't know what they're talking about. And that, that rolls back to everybody has an opinion. Just be respectful of it. I might talk slick and talk crazy about people on here, but I respect their point of view. I just don't agree with it, but I'm not going to belittle you. You know, you can do things in a joking manner. But I'm not going to get on TV and say somebody shouldn't have a job. I'm not going to do that when people have families. I wouldn't do that. But when you get to a place of arrogance, you feel like I'm the leader. I'm the voice. You're not the voice. You're just a normal guy on TV who gets seen. That's it. When you see all these different people. I like to play the what if game. 
this is the what if game. Let's let's uh, let's 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 play the what if game. Duke, North Carolina. I'm praying, hoping that North Carolina wins. I don't care who wins the NCAA championship. I just don't want Duke to win. Um, that's just my opinion. I just I don't want the glorified twenty thousand five star players to win. I want to see a team that uh, don't have all those kind of ty- type of players, and I want to see a team get coached up to be the team like that. I want to see the David and Goliath type situation, and I want to see uh, David win because I got Duke as being a Goliath. And I don't want that narrative. I'm j- I just don't. Sorry. I like coaches that basically have to coach what they have, not have it all. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it's really not hard to win. But anyway, let's play the what-if game before I close out my session. And let's start the what if because you know me. What if uh, Skip Bayless was at the Oscars on stage and he was a comedian and you had LeBron James in the front and Skip just up there just digging into LeBron James. Oh, LeBrick. Oh, you're not the greatest of this. Oh, you're not clutch. Oh, you can't shoot. Oh, you're not better than Michael Jordan. And we see LeBron James get out the seat and backhand and give him the hand of God like Will Smith (laughs) gave Chris Rock. Man, I would love to see that. Oh, my God. I don't condone violence. I'm a peaceful brother. Buddha, be with me. But, oh, man. Skip talk about LeBron so much, and he don't have no merit, man. None. He just don't like LeBron. And he just, the thing about it is, he's so unprofessional. He just let it play out all the time. And I would love to see LeBron get up and just, woo, shut your mouth. (laughs) That'd be funny. Yeah. What if Big Perk? actually worked on his game while he was playing and had a inside outside game what if man that'd be something because big perk he can sit up there and talk about people game but dog was just a defender like man you wasted all that hype bro like you was an enforcer like you didn't even try to work on your game but then you try to talk about people like Giannis and you know how they what they need to work on and dude, you didn't even attempt to work on your game. You try to talk about people like, you know, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Ben can still got opportunity to work on his game and Ben is uber talented. But it's just crazy on players that get up there and talk about other players, but they didn't do nothing to improve their game. But you ride the back, the coattails of the Boston Celtics Hall of Fame players, and then you ride the coattails of LeBron James. LeBron James got plenty of people rich that shouldn't be rich. Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every time I see Big Perk try to talk about somebody need to work on the game, I'm like, okay. Your game, you didn't even work on yours. How are you going to tell somebody to work on theirs? Stop it. Go away. <laughs> Another what if. What if Jay Williams actually had a career? So let's play the what if game to see what type of player Jay Williams would have been if he would have had a 10-year career. So when I look at Jay Williams, hmm, who do I model Jay Williams after as a player? Not Russell Westbrook, because Russell Westbrook was way better. I'm trying to have a player that's Short and, and, and kind of explosive. Not hmm, Baron Davis. Baron Davis, 10 times better. Hmm, not John Wall. John Wall's better. <sighs> Let me think. Let me think. Not Chauncey. Because Chauncey is better. And Chauncey, he's a Hall of Fame player. So, no. Trying to think of a player that J. Will career probably would have been like hmm what if 
he had. If he did, let me see. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Think, think, think. Think of a guard. Um, You know what? I'm going to say. You can do this. Um, uh, Jesus. You know what? Sherman Douglas. You have to go back and look it up. Sherman Douglas, yes. He would have had a career like Sherman Douglas. Just a solid player, not 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 a star player, just a solid player. Uh, and that's really about it. So what if he had a 10-year career? I think he would have turned out to be like a Sherman Douglas type player. Then I can do a what if on me. What if I was 6'4 and uh, was able to complete my dream? I think I would be in the league. <laughs> I think I would have been in the league. I ain't going to lie to you, man. I really do. But I didn't. And it's okay. <laughs> let me see. I, got, I think I got one more what if. I, let me think. So another what if. Ah. What if for Stephen A. Smith? What if Stephen A. Smith lining actually came to the front of his forehead? How would he look? <sighs> wow. I don't know. I'm so used. I think they do got some, some videos of him having a normal lining and how it receded into the RoboCop lining. And if don't nobody know RoboCop, look up the movie RoboCop. And every time I see uh, Stephen A. Smith, I, I just, every time I look at him, I think, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Because that's the lining that he has. I mean, like, God, that lining is ridiculous. Like, it's a rainbow, like, uh, really a horseshoe. <laughs> but what if he had a lining, dude? Like, he wouldn't be Stephen A., you know what I'm saying? Like, if he had that line and he wouldn't be Stephen A. Smith. Because we know Stephen A. Smith because he got the RoboCop line in, man. He's ready to arrest you. <laughs> He's ready to arrest you. So, yeah. So, man, listen. You know me. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything. So, other than that, guys, I am basically out of here. So, let me leave you with my song, Rivals. And I'll holler at y'all another day. Peace. Hey, me and Trick Daddy come from a common place. So us getting money, that's just a conversation. It's so hard staying rich and Mr. Confrontations. Cigars in the Oval Office, Ronald Reagan. Hug Barack Obama, whisper, assalamu alaikum. Live for the moment, die for the streets. Bible on the dash, kilos on the seat. I used to see you niggas on my TV screen. And wonder what was life like, was it all a dream? And then I met you out on Live Nation dates. Came to the realization that your watch was fake. Damn, you nearly broke my heart. I really thought you niggas really owned them cars.